Well, again, so good morning to everybody that's with us here at our main campus. Good morning to everybody that's with us online. Again, for all of you that's been with us for a while, one of the things that you know is is that uh, we are counting on a generation to change a generation, and that's the generation that's going to change the world, right? That's what we pray for. That's what we encourage. That's what we want to continue to build into and not only see them go to Sunday school, but be transformed into the future leaders that uh, God has called them to be. And so the leaders that are putting those, that time in, a lot of times you don't get to see that, right? You don't know what's going on in the children's. A lot of times you don't know what's going on in the youth. And so these are opportunities for you to see what people are doing and who the kids are and just see what God's doing uh, in children's ministry uh, here at Life Church. We're really excited about that. All right, so a couple announcements before we get started. The first one is uh, where we're at with the connecting cards. So if you have not been here, here's your chance. You still got another chance. Or if you haven't taken time to do this, one of the things that we're doing over the Christmas season is we're going to give away money to a couple ministries uh, here uh, in the area and one for the world. So one is Destiny Rescue. Uh, who helps women get out of uh, sex trafficking and sex slavery. And so we're giving away money to them and also uh, the Hands of Hope, which helps with Foster to Adopt uh, here in the community. And so the way we're giving away money is for every connecting card that's filled out, uh, we are going to donate $5. Okay, so if you have not filled out a connecting card or you're a guest with us today, we'd love for you to fill this out. Um, they're at the back counters, you know, at that uh, Give, Pray, and Connect Center or out at uh, where you see the greeters right outside of these doors. You can grab them, fill them out, put them into boxes or give them back to the people that are back there and we're gonna donate $5 to uh, each one of those ministries. If you're online, uh, you have the opportunity uh, to go up to the right-hand corner, click on it, fill out your connecting card. If you fill out a connecting card, same thing. Uh, we're going to give away uh, $5. And somebody from the church has said, we want to come alongside, so we have somebody that's matching dollar for dollar everything that uh, we donate. And so for right now, uh, the number we're at right now is $1,620 that we're going to be able to uh, donate to those ministries. And so we're excited about that, thankful, uh, but we want to continue uh, to be able to give it away. So if you haven't filled it out, and this means for every single person, fill one out for your kids. Right? We want to just make sure that we have everything we can so that we can give away the most money possible uh, in this season. The other thing to remember, Jennifer said it uh, in the beginning, but you might not have heard it, uh, which is we don't have Sunday on, or, uh, service on the 27th. We always take a Sunday off uh, in between Christmas and New Year's for a couple different reasons. One, we want to give, it takes a lot of volunteers to make this work, right? So it takes a lot of people to make a Sunday morning work. And so we want to give them the opportunity to uh, have a weekend off. And so we don't have church on the 27th. It's also an opportunity um, for you to do something with your family, which is what we love and we encourage. You know, you don't always have to go to church to still worship and still be in the presence of God. So it's an opportunity for you to do something at home with your family, maybe start a tradition uh, at that time. And so we don't have church on the 27th. Again, we start right back up after that, but we're off on that. The other thing is Eve Eve. 
So it's coming up on Wednesday. Uh, we're really excited about our Eve Eve service, and so uh, we're hoping that you'll invite people uh, to come and to participate. It's going to be a great night of fellowship, a great night to celebrate, and a great night to hear the gospel and be reminded, and also to share the gospel for those who have never heard. So we're excited about what's coming uh, for Eve Eve. All right, so we are in a Travel Light series. So if you're new with us, we started this series with this idea. We want to help all of us in this Christmas season to be reminded about the race or the plan that God has for each one of us in our life. And he wants us to run it to win, and the only way to run to win is to get prepared, right? Train, take off all the stuff that's keeping you from being able to run the way that, that God's called you to run in the race. And so the whole travel light premise is if there's something burdening you, or something that's keeping you from living out the calling that God has in your life, get rid of it, right? So we've talked about a number of things. If you haven't heard the previous messages, you go back, you can get them on our app, or you can go online um, and watch them, and it'll give you kind of an update on where we're at today. Here's what we're going to talk about to today. Here's what we're going to talk about today. Giving up control. Now, I know a lot of us would, when you hear something like this, always want to look at somebody else and be like, this is a good message for you. Do you know what I mean? Like, a lot of times husbands looking at their wives like, I told you, like, this is the one that, like, if you want to control everything, the preacher's going to agree with me today. You can't fix it all. You can't, you know, you can't control everything in your life. You can't control the outcome of everything in your life. But here's honestly where I think most of us are we have select control issues right like you're not you don't want to be in control of everything but the things that you want to be in control of you pick them and then you're going to make sure that the outcome of those things happen the way that you want them to happen right the the control issues are the things that that go with that in fact for me I want to tell you a little bit of story about myself and so I am not a control person by nature, you know, and or like have to have everything planned out by nature. In fact, you know, when, when I was in high school and I met Sherry, you know, uh, I was 15 years old and I told everybody then, I'm like, I'm going to marry her. And if you can imagine a 15-year-old telling people that you're going to marry this woman, can you see how it went over? People are like, what is your plan? You're never going to make it. You know, high school relationships never make it. You know, all the things that are going to happen. And I had a couple people be like, well, what's your plan? And I'm like, what do you mean what's my plan? I'm going to marry her. Well, like, how are you going to take care of her? And what are you going to do? And what are you going to do for a job? And you're going to go to college? And you're like, heck, I don't know. I haven't thought about any of those things. I mean, do you really have to think about that stuff? So by nature, you know, I was never a planner and, and never somebody who you know, had to have a lot of control. I'm just like, whatever, you know, I'm going to marry her. We'll figure it all out as it goes. But as I went on, I figured out that that doesn't always work. Now, I did marry my, did marry Sherry, but in a lot of other areas in life where I'm just going to be like, ah, oh, whatever happens and we'll just, you know, it'll all work out. It doesn't always work that way. You know, if you just kind of fly by your seat of your pants. And so I came up with this idea I want to be successful in life, and I want to be somewhere in life, so I decided by listening to people, the way to get there is to lay it all out, and if it's going to be, it's going to be because you made it happen, 
right? Like if you want that in life, the only way you're going to get that in life is if you make it happen, if you put in the time, if you do the stuff. If you... So all of a sudden I went from this like, ah, kind of whatever to this very driven I'm going to make it happen, and if I want to be successful in life, I'm going to plan, I'm going to prepare, I'm going to control every, you know, element of my life to make sure that whatever path that I have laid out for myself happens, okay? So in life, you know, sometimes you have some interruptions. You ever have that, like, where you lay out some plans, and then all of a sudden something interrupts it, and then you're just like, I got to fight harder, pull up my bootstraps, work harder, do more, plan more, be more prepared for the, the things that are going to happen, like do those things. Then I was like, okay, I can fight through, I can fight through. Then it came to, I finally gave my life to Jesus Christ. So put that with a driven person who wants to succeed in life with Christianity. So now all of a sudden I'm like, I want to change the world and I want to see people, you know, come to know Jesus Christ. So I got to get a plan. Right, and I got to lay out the plan. And so it first started with I was a youth pastor, and I'm like, this youth group that has two people, we're going to grow it to 100 people. We're going to see so many people come to Jesus. And I had this plan, and I was laying it out. And if we did things in a certain order, anybody else tracking with me? Like, if you do things in a certain order, you'll be successful. Right, like that's what people tell you, right? Lay it out. If you do it the way that you're supposed to do it, everybody else has been successful. As long as you follow the plan, you're going to be good. So I just took that put it into Christianity and started down the road and guess what it started to grow like people started to come things started to become successful then I got to this place in my life where I was like it's kind of weird we started going on mission trips and I would go over and I would talk to these people over in, in these other countries and and you would see these like faith movements you know what I mean like people trusting and people praying and things happening and I'm like you know, it's so weird. I never see God move in, in, in my life, and I never really see God move in our church, and I never really see God move, you know, in my ministry. And so I'm talking to this guy about it, you know, Greg Miller. I've talked to him about before. He's a guy from Guatemala. I was talking to him about it, and he's like, well, you know, you can complain all, of you, all you want, but if you never give God the opportunity to be faithful, he can never be faithful. Well, I'm like, well, what is that supposed to mean? If you have everything planned out and you have every step laid out and you never have to trust him, how is he ever going to show himself faithful to you? And he asked me the question, have you ever surrendered control? I'm like, well, what do you mean? No, he says, have you ever surrendered control? Like, have you ever surrendered control of your marriage, control of your kids, control of your ministry, control of those things? And I'm like, well, you know, yeah, until they get out of control. <laughs> Anybody else, right? Like, yeah, I'm giving them to you until they go crazy, you know, or I'm giving it to you until it goes, doesn't go the way that I want it to go. And he said, until you have complete surrender, you will never see the faithfulness of God. Until you figure out surrender, you will never see the faithfulness of God. And I don't think that I'm much different than a lot of people in this room. We want to see God move, but I don't know if I can give it up because I've never seen the other side of it, right? I've never seen the other side of God being faithful. And so here's what we're going to talk about today. So if you have a Bible, we're going to look at Luke 1. So that's the scripture we're going to be looking at today. So Luke 1, 26 through 28. And here's what I want you to think about. Think about this. 
you can never see the faithfulness of God, right, until you surrender things in your life. And God can't show himself faithful unless you get to the place where you give up control because being in control means that we have no faith. Does that sound right? Like if you have to control everything? Now, anybody that knows me knows that I still am a planner. I still am a very driven person. I still am somebody that that has things laid out, goals for the future. It's just, here's the difference in my life. When I get those interruptions, anybody else, you know what I mean? The interruptions, like you got a plan, you get an interruption. When I get this interruption, I don't feel this need to be like, oh my gosh, I gotta fix everything. I get to the place where I'm surrendering. What can I do about it? There's nothing I do about it. Like I had everything in place and this happened. I had everything in place and this happened. So at the end of the day, God, on the other side of this is you show me your faithfulness because I'm giving it to you, right? So I'm not saying anybody in this room, don't be a planner, don't be driven, don't have things laid out in your life. I'm just saying when you get the interruptions in life, what do you do with them? And what we do with them, this is gonna be important. We're gonna see it here in the story. What we do with the interruptions of life when things are taken out of our control will help us get a picture of where our faith is. Right? Does that make sense? Like where you're going down the road? So when you get that interruption, you will at that point, you or it will bring to the forefront what you have your faith in. And so in this story that we're gonna look at today, we're gonna look at the story of Mary and how her life went, and we're gonna look at how did she handle the interruptions of life and what does it look like for us. All right, so this is Luke 1. We'll start in verse 26. Here's what it says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Verse 29. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the, power, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she also, and she who has said to be unable to conceive in the sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Now, we read this story, and maybe a lot of you guys have read this story over Christmas, and we're like, wow, Mary, you know, virgin birth, and how cool, you know, Holy Spirit got her pregnant. She, you know, had Jesus, and Jesus changed the world, right? But think about this for a second. Do we have any teenagers in here? A few, 
Don't worry, if you raise your hands, I'm, I might call on you, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, if you think about this, so teenagers, so this is Mary. So you guys that are teenagers, a few teenagers back here, do you have some dreams, like some hopes of how things turn out in life? Yeah, some, right? Like some ideas of how you want things to go. Ideas of like, this is the way, maybe you've thought through, like this is the guy that I want to pick, this is the hopes I have for my life, like these are the schools that I want to go to, these are, you know, the education that I want to get, you know, these are the things that I want to be able to do in life. What most teenagers do, right? They think about the future, right? And they kind of have a plan, you know, maybe not, you know, to it completely laid out, but they have some idea of the way that they want things to go, right? So here's Mary. So now teenagers, now specifically teenage girls, put yourself in this position. You have plans. And the Holy Spirit shows up and says, hey, by the way, you're going to be pregnant. Now you're not married, but you know, and I know the guy that you like, and he'll just have to understand. But at the end of the day, you're going to be pregnant, not by anybody else, but by the Holy Spirit. Are you in? Are you in? <laughs> She's not, not sure what to say. Like, you would not be in, would you? Or would you be sitting there being like, this doesn't make any sense? Yes. Right? Like, I don't know anybody that would have been sitting in that situation as a teenager, because that's Mary right now. A teenager with some dreams. Right? Because remember, in the scope of where Mary was and the culture that she was, it's not like she had this wide variety of choices, like if it didn't work out with one guy, there's another guy right around the corner. You know what I mean? Because you're in a culture where they pick your husband. Right? They're in a culture where it came from the same village, a culture where like this was the group of guys. And can you imagine bringing in this village, and now you're the girl that got pregnant by the Holy Spirit before she was married? Not only are you pregnant, you're a little cuckoo. Now how do you feel? Are you in? Right? No. Everybody's sitting back there like, I don't know what to do. This is why, think about this. This is why it says in there, and I don't think we should look over this, Mary was troubled. Why was she troubled? Because all of a sudden, life got interrupted now all of a sudden, this plan that you had laid out isn't going to work the way that you have it laid out. Now you have a choice. What are you going to do? How are you going to respond? And Mary's situation isn't really any different than us, right? Regardless of where you're at in life. Mary's situation is what we are. We have a plan. We know where we want to go. We think things are going to get let, you know, go a certain way. And then all of a sudden, God shows up. All of the sudden, life happens, right? And you have a choice, take the path. And, and again, this is, I want to make sure I show this is clear. You come to the fork in the road and you have a path to choose, which is comfortable, which is usually when you're in control. Don't you feel the most comfortable when you're in control? Okay, two, three, four. I think... I, the way I feel more comfortable, if I am in control of the outcome of the things that are going to happen in my life, I feel way better than being like, ah, it's kind of all for grabs, right? So you have a choice where everybody does. Mary had a choice. She came to this place. She's at the crossroad. Do I choose comfort and control and stay on the path and do the things? Because, again, Mary didn't have the, the, the knowledge of what was going to happen. We know what happens in the end. 
Like she's favored by everybody. She's beloved by everybody. She didn't know this. Like she didn't know that this was going to happen, you know, at the end. So she had to make a choice of what she was going to do based upon the information that she had right then. An angel asked her to do something, to give birth, that you're going to be pregnant by, you know, the Holy Spirit. Now you have a choice, Mary. What are you going to do? Choose comfort or choose faith? Now, remember when I said on the other side of your choice in life with the interruptions that you have is the ability for God to show his faithfulness? You know what I mean? Like, that's what we talked about in the beginning. So when you get to this crossroad, you have a choice, which I think a lot of us have went this way, which I'm just going to keep controlling life, and then you're just going to keep wondering, why doesn't God show up? Why isn't God faithful? Like, I saw other people be like, oh my gosh, God is so good, and he came through, and you're like, I've never seen God come through. And maybe it's because you keep going down that road of like, I got it all, and I don't really need you, God. And other people have made this decision to say, I'm going to surrender it, and on the other side of surrender is God's faithfulness. And to be clear, don't miss this, you can't experience God's faithfulness on the road of comfort and control. You can only experience God's faithfulness when we choose to surrender, right? That's the thing that, that we have to see on this. Now, on the other side of it, surrender. So let's look at Mary's life. On the other side of surrender, Mary's now pregnant by the Holy Spirit. How do you think that's gonna go over with her husband? Guys, guys that are gonna dating somebody how'd that go over Mitchell that go over well hey guess what you know she comes to you and be like hey guess what you know I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit you'd be like wow that's a good thing <laughs> you wouldn't be thinking that would you Mitchell no I mean you'd be like crazy like what just happened like that isn't even real who's the real guy right there's no Holy Spirit getting anybody pregnant. Tell me who the real man is. Who have you been talking to? Who have you been on Instagram direct messaging with? I ought to forget down to the truth, right, of what it is. But at the end of the day, God, the insecurity of Mary at the place knowing now the person that she loves now hates her or could. On the other side of faithfulness, what does God do? Shows up to the husband, Right? She wanted to control it. She wanted to be. She wanted to make it all right. She knew she couldn't make it all right, so she had to put her faith in God. God says on the other side of surrender is faithfulness. I'll take care of your husband. Quick lesson, wives. You can't fix your husband. Right? On the other side, you need to surrender him over to the Lord and let the Lord do what only he can do. Come on, I'm telling you, it's the truth. Because haven't you wanted to fix your husband? It's okay if he's sitting beside you, like you have, right? You've wanted to do those things because maybe he's not where he needs to be. This is a perfect lesson, right? I gotta give it over, I gotta trust God for this. God shows up. Community, what is she gonna do with the community? Right, now all of a sudden you live in a small town, you're Huntington, Indiana, and they found out, you know the one girl, the little Mary thought she was so good, called herself a virgin. <laughs> Guess what? She ain't a virgin no more. Right? Like, tell me that ain't circling the town. Right? And now she's saying, here's my story. My story is an angel showed up 
and now I'm pregnant. And everybody's like, sure it is, right? Imagine the circle of things that were going on. On the other side of surrender, because she had to give this over to the Lord, right? Because you can't control what people say about you. What happened? An angel shows up to Elizabeth and says, this happened. Another person now outside of that community can confirm what happened so she can say to the other people, she's not crazy. God did show up. The same angel that came to her came to me and she said, this is the confirmation. Also, she's pregnant now. She's going down the road. You know, they're, they're, they're going back uh, to have the baby. There is no place in the inn right? Holiday Inn's out, no place to get to. What does God do? He provides a stable. Maybe not something we think is great, but he did provide a stable. Better than having it out on the street, right? He gave him a stable. Then at this point, remember, Herod's like, I want to kill every child, right? So other side of surrender, faithfulness, I want to kill every child. So they're warned, you need to leave, okay? Put yourself in Mary and Joseph's shoes right now. Mary and Joseph now are fleeing and running from somebody who wants to kill you, right? How much money can Joseph make on the run? New baby, new marriage, new way. They're running because somebody wants to kill them. In your mind, do you think they would have thought about how are we gonna provide for this new baby? How are we gonna provide for this family when we're on the run? Anybody, right? Like that would go through your mind. Who shows up? The wise men. And what did they bring? Gifts. Gifts and specifically gold, right? Frankincense and myrrh. Ability now to be able to take care of their needs which they never thought was, never thought was coming. On the other side of surrender is faithfulness, right? Other side of surrender is always faithfulness, but you'll never see it until you surrender. Jesus goes to the cross. Now think about this, because I think we glamorize this at times. Jesus goes across and his mom watches him be beaten beyond human recognition. Okay, moms, think about your sons for a second, or your daughters. How would you feel at this moment? Yeah, would you be at the place like, oh, it's so easy to surrender to God's plan of beating my child beyond human recognition, and I just know it's all gonna turn out for the future, so I'm good? No. At that moment, watching those things happen, Mary had to come to the decision, do I surrender? Do I, do I allow the plan to happen? Do I try to control the situation? And although it wasn't easy to watch her son suffer, she gave her son over to the Lord. And then he rose from the dead, and not only rose from the dead, he came back and said, hey, Mom, it's good. And because you allowed me to be this, now think about this, because you chose to surrender, now the world can be saved because of choice to give up control and to allow God to work now allows God to only do what he can do, right? And that is to change the world. And that's how it is for each one of us. And that's the thing that, that I want us to be thinking about, okay? Think about some things in your life, right, that you had some plans and you came up along something, and this is individual for each one of you, where all of a sudden life was a little bit disturbed, Right? There was a disruption in life. 
Like, you had some kids and you had some plans for your kids. And it didn't quite go the way you thought. Right? Or it's not quite going the way that you thought. They're not quite turning out the way you thought that it should go. Right? Or you had a plan for a marriage of what it was going to be like. And then all of a sudden, it's not like that anymore. Right? Or you had a plan for what you were going to do as a career, and all of a sudden something happened, and that's not there anymore. You had a plan on what you were going to do for the rest of your life, and then all of a sudden it's not there anymore. You had a plan for your life, and all of a sudden cancer came. All of a sudden your health, which you thought was always going to be good, is starting to deteriorate, and it was never supposed to deteriorate at this age. Anybody? Right? It was never supposed to happen to me. Right? It was never supposed to be. I was perfectly fine. And in a moment, in a moment, health changed everything. Or in a moment, many of us in this room have experienced this, as you were going through life and, and always looking for, I can see, I can be, I can be around, and the next thing you know, that person that we love is gone. You're going down that road and you're thinking everything's going to happen in a certain way and you're going to have tomorrow to get together with them. You're going to have tomorrow to say some things to them. You're going to have tomorrow to be able to be in relationship with them. You're going to have all those things and then all of a sudden, life happens and it's disrupted. Here's the question. I want you to, each one of us, to get this in our mind because I think most of us at some point in your life have been disrupted, have had something that has rocked our faith made us question what do we do and what do we believe in so here's what I want you to ask yourself because the great thing about this is it's an ongoing thing it's not like one day you choose to say I'm always going to choose faith over comfort <laughs> until the decision gets harder anybody tracking with me, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's easy at this. I made this decision, and it seemed really hard. Now I look back on it, and I'm like, that wasn't that hard. Well, the decisions are coming. Because you know what the most important thing for God and you on this earth is? Is that your faith continues to grow, not that your life turns out the way you want it to. And I know that's a bummer. I mean, I wish I could say it's all going to go the way that it's supposed to go, and you're never going to have tragedy, and you're never going to have loss, and you're never going to have financial interruption, and you're never going to have health issues, and you're never going to have... Listen, at the end of the day, as a Christian person, your home is already ready for you. It's ready. <laughs> the time is already set. Right, All of that thing, all of those things are there. What matters in the middle, we've talked about this before, is how much is our faith going to grow as we're here? Because as faith grows, you know what, let me back up a second. You know what part of the problem in sharing the, the love of Jesus Christ with the world is? They don't really think it's true. And you know why they don't think it's true? Because they can't see it in our lives. They can't see a living Jesus in our lives because too many times we've chose comfort over faith and people are looking at it being like, I don't see any difference. Like, I don't see any difference in the way that you live. I don't see God being real because your choices, I never see the faith come out, 
Right? I never see those things. And so what he's saying is it's this combination. You can share the gospel, right? But if your life isn't a living witness of the gospel, it becomes hypocritical. Is that, like you can share it, right? Jesus is real and he saves you and changes you and he's faithful. But then when it comes to decisions to allow him to be faithful, we don't allow him to be faithful. Does that make sense to an outside world looking in? Does it make sense to them? Yes, Jesus is real and living. He can change your life. Just, I mean, I'm changing my own. But for you, Jesus could be great if you just give it all over. Now, you won't give it all over and you won't surrender and you won't do, but maybe you should. Does that, does that, is that a conflicting message to the world? Yeah, for sure, right? So here is what I want us to consider. So the band's gonna come back up. And here's what I want you guys to consider. What would it look like because I've said this, and if you've come here a long time, this is what I'm going to say today is just a repetition of what I've said for years. Naturally, in the world that we live in today, in the United States of America, I've always said this, when I used to travel overseas, it's pretty easy to have faith. You know why? Because when you go to church, like when we go to churches in India, you know, and we would know this, that like when we go into the church, that when you come out of the church, there's a chance that you're going to get beaten with metal rods because last Sundays, it was that way. So it's like going to church is a, is a matter of faith. I don't think anybody in here today had to worry about metal rods on the way out, right? So coming to church wasn't a matter of faith, right? Like those things for us, like we could come, we could worship, and we could be a part of today, but being in this place in the United States of America, you could live a lot of your life without faith. Is that fair to say? Like not, I mean, faith, salvation faith, obviously, but what about living faith? Like something that I'm going to do it this way, and I'm going to trust that God's going to come true. Like he's going to fulfill the promises that he said. Until we start allowing ourselves to be totally surrendered to the things that God wants in our life, I don't know that you will naturally be put in a position of faithfulness. To have to make some of those decisions. That's why, if you ever heard me talk about this prayer by Sir Francis Drake called Disturb Us, Lord. Said it numerous times. Prayed it numerous times. Because it is my prayer one of my greatest fears is to get comfortable in this life. One of my greatest fears is that I just go down the road and because of my natural tendency right now, which is to be in control and want to move everything in the way and the direction that I want it to go into, that I will miss what God wants to do. And I don't want to miss what God wants to do. I don't want to miss because I had to be in control. So that's why this prayer by Sir Francis Drake, I repeat a lot and remind myself a lot what it has to say. Let me read it to you. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves. When our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little. When we arrive safely because we have sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of the things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity 
In our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wilder seas, where storms will show your majesty. We're losing sight of land. We will find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizons of hope and put in, to push into the future in strength, courage, hope, and love. That is what I want for my life. Don't ever make it that the successes of my life only happened because I sailed so close to the shore, that I hoped so much for comfort and not having storms in my life that I missed the horizons in which God wants me to see. Lord, position me in a place in my life where I see you and you only, where I see surrender as the only option. So my question is to all of us, where are you at with that? When you think of those words, disturb us. Put us in positions where we're going to be at the crossroads and where we can make decisions of faithfulness and we can see God come through like never before. Will you stand so I can pray for you? So Heavenly Father, when we come to you today, one of the things, Lord, we know is, is that um, there are times in our lives where we'll choose comfort over surrender because we don't know that on the other side of surrender is faithfulness. Lord, I pray today that we will come to a place of not partial surrender, but total surrender, so that you, Lord, can do only what you can do and that you can show yourself faithful. Lord, and people in this room today are needing that. We all need that, to be reminded you are a God who is faithful. You're a God who will show your faithfulness. Lord, let us be a people of surrender so that we can experience your faithfulness and your truth. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. God, we would be reminded of this. As he calls us to be faithful, we will adore him because we will see his faithfulness and his love for each one of us. So in this Christmas season, let us be reminded that we are to be faithful, to give up control and to trust the Lord to do what only he can do in each one of our lives. So thanks for being here with us online. Thanks for being here at our main campus. Don't forget Eve Eve this Wednesday. We look forward to celebrating together as a church family and sharing the gospel with those who have never heard. Thanks for coming and we'll see you guys next week.